I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror cult exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. Welcome to another episode of Astro Radio Z. As always, I'm your host, Derek Carey, and uh, life's funny sometimes, you know. Uh, over the course of the last week, or actually the last couple of weeks, there's been an awful lot of talk, at least from my camp, about Night of the Living Dead. I, I talked about it uh, a few weeks back on the 50th episode, because it's one of the first uh, movies that introduced me to horror. And then um, my, my good friend Andrew Shearer brought me on his podcast, the Cinemaphile Podcast, and uh, we had a, a, an extensive talk about my history with Night of the Living Dead. So it was funny how we have planned this episode, which is going to be about zombies tonight and zombie films uh, months ago, and how the stars always seem to align, folks. It's it, it's quite strange how there's synchronicity in this world, and we uh, there's circles, many circles, that bring us back to Night of the Living Dead and zombies. I, I It always ends up happening. So uh, tonight, we are going to be talking about zombies. So I, of course brought on my usual crew of cats, and we're going to be bringing you some zombie films that aren't necessarily just the Romero stuff. It's going to be some stuff that's maybe a little bit off the beaten path that we think you should go check out because there's so much zombie media right now, and there's more out there than just The Walking Dead and uh, The Walking Dead and uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. And uh, Walking Dead. I said that three times, but that's that's all anybody knows. So my my folks are gonna bring you some new stuff tonight. First and foremost, got the big fucking deal in the house, Mr. Glenn Bittner. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fucking amazing, man. How are you? I am wonderful as always. So when it comes to zombie films, do you think it's one of the most played out genres in all of horror, or are you still kind of in? You, you still in for zombie flicks? At this point, I'm in because I like to watch and see all the shit that they're doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of that nowadays. I mean, there there's is. so much of it out there. There is. And there's just, it's, in some ways it's played out, but every now and then you get something that is a little glimmer that, that you know, shows that there's still good stuff. But yeah, there's just a glut of stuff out there now that's just zombie, 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 because... It's popular, so it's a quick buck for some some studios. One, well, it's always been notoriously the most easy subgenre of horror to produce because all you need are a bunch of friends and some face makeup and a little fake blood and a bunch of people. They don't have to act; they just have to walk slow and go. <laughs> and then you got a zombie film. I mean, I don't know. Have any of you you cats ever seen Pathogen? Yeah. What is that? Is that the one with? I can't remember her name now. The, yeah, it's a, she was she was like twelve or thirteen when she made it. A, a Canadian yeah, filmmaker. She, yep. Yeah, I, I'm blanking on her name, but she also did my sucky teen romance, which I really like. Yep, she did that movie, and they made a documentary on her called Zombie Girl. 
Yeah. Which was quite a charming little documentary. If you ever are interested in, in the art of filmmaking and you want to see how a 12-year-old girl um, gets all of her family friends together to realize a dream and make a zombie film, it's a, it's a fun little documentary. I would definitely go check it out. And, of course, you just heard the Astro Radio Z sleaze fiend himself, Mr. Scott Davis. Oh, He's back <laughs> for some more. Um, what do you think about zombie films, Scott? Emily Haggins, by the way, is her her name. I, ha- I had to look. Go, it, I had I had to look it up because I just couldn't go without like saying her name. Because she's a very talented uh, filmmaker. Um, the um, you know, going to the same question you asked, Glenn. I mean, I remember when I was uh, editing the website Horror Express, um, and I think it was uh, 2003 when that was starting up to go way, 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 way back. Because we had movies coming out like uh, 28 Days Later was going to be hitting America, um, uh, Undead uh, by the Spirit Brothers. I remember that one. uh, And then there was like talk of uh, Land of the Dead finally happening at that time. You know, it hadn't yet, but there was talk that, hey, I think they're going to actually do it. Because of that and a bunch of other projects, I said, hey, it's going to be the – I said this is going to be the year of the zombie where the uh, genre is going to come back. And it did. What I did not expect was that it was it, it hasn't died down since then. It's only grown. And honestly, no, mostly played out. Mostly yeah. I think it is played out. Because I, th- I don't think people do anything with it. I think they say, oh, zombies. We'll just throw in zombies, typical zombie apocalypse. And that's why most of the zombie movies you look like look at these days – uh, even by like a spell, even especially by the uh, indie directors, you know, as tough as it is, they want to get some part of that money, and unfortunately, they don't really put a lot of. They try to make it look like every other zombie movie. Yeah. Saying like, and there's just not enough inventiveness going on. That's one of the things that I, I'm glad you're doing the show because hopefully we can show that there can still be, you can still take this very tired subgenre. Much as we love those Romero and films from years before and everything else, uh, you can still take this genre and do something new with it. Well, because to begin with, zombies are a metaphor. They're, all horror subgenres and all monsters are a metaphor for something. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I mean, it depends on how you look at it, because you, you like this resurgence where you have The Walking Dead and you have um, 28 Days Later, which I actually liked that series quite a bit. Both of those films I thought were phenomenal films. So did, so did um, I. Yeah, I yeah like really tense. Dead. I'm actually yeah. one of the only it people is. who does not watch Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, I don't either, Scott. You're not the only person. Oh, but uh, I don't. I don't fault anybody that actually does watch that stuff. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to me. But it, as you said. The, uh, most of indie cinema now, it's an easy, quick buck to to the point where people are actually just using, because it's in the public domain, Night of the Living Dead, and just remaking it over and over and over and over again, and they're all awful. And it's all, it, it's it's really, really too bad. Now, next to him is the man, the myth, the legend, the frou-frou drink, king of Wisconsin, Mr. Mark, the movie man. How you doing, sir? I'm great. I've got. I'm trying something new tonight. It's Henry's hard soda, hard ginger ale. Cause nothing. I've been wondering about that. What is? Is, is it any good? I don't know. I haven't tried any yet. I the literally. Let's have a live great. taste test. 
live taste test. I have opened the can. And it's tasty. Does it? Do you taste the liquor in it, or is it just yeah, ginger ale? It's got a little... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> it's got a little bit of a bite like a beer, but not nearly as strong of an aftertaste. <laughs> Mark, did you just have like a, a whiskey breath? Is that what that was? <laughs> that was that might have been. That might have been. I I follow. I, I earlier I had my Mountain Dew and coconut rum. So, you know, I can't guarantee what condition I'm going to be in for this show. Well, that's probably most appropriate for a, for a podcast about the undead. It's yes. okay to be a little for schnickered on this one. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, Angelique Bone is back to talk some zombies. How you doing, miss? I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> I am wonderful, as I said before. Now, zombies, what do you have with zombies? Do you love zombies? Have you, did you grow up with zombies? Has it been one of your favorite subgenres? What is your um, connection with it? Not really a favorite, but it's always been a constant. Like, you know, there's always, you know, this of the living dead or zombie this or undead rise and blah, blah, blah. So it's always been there. And I just like I am with my Dracula's, I'm, I'm pretty traditional with the way that I like my zombies. So I like a slow zombie. The fast ones annoy me because I'm like, they're they're dead. They're rotting. They can't move that fast. It's illogical. But then I realize that I'm trying to apply logic to places that don't necessarily have space for that. I just let myself enjoy it, you know. <laughs> Good zombie movies are usually talking about something else other than people, the the same scenario that George Romero laid out in Night of the Living Dead where it's a, a central crew, uh, core group of people that are holed up in some tight, confined space while numerous uh, amounts of The Walking Dead are out for their flesh. That seems to be now the de facto zombie story. It doesn't matter what the scale is. Essentially, all zombie films are that. Even The Walking Dead, that's all it is, is a, a group of people holed up somewhere trying to survive while zombies are outside waiting to just eat them. But who's the real monsters? Are, is it the zombies outside? Or is it the, the people that are tearing beings. each other apart inside? <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what gets me the most because my thing is, you know, survive. That should be your priority. But then you get to worrying about who's, you know, sleeping with who and who likes who better and you're not going to boss me around. I'm like, you know, you're all going to die if you keep up like this. Think about that. Why don't we kill the zombies first and then figure out who's screwing who later? Uh, it's a soap opera. Zombies are about soap operas. They've been co-opted just the way fucking uh, vampires and werewolves were by Twilight. Uh, the Walking Dead has become nothing more than a soap opera for housewives, and, and no offense to anybody actually watches the show. I just, I just the remains of the days of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> the best part I have with Walking Dead is uh, you can handle the zombie tropes usually because zombie films normally aren't more than 90 minutes long. What Walking Dead has done is taken all the zombie tropes and added them to a season-long stretch. So after a while, it gets repetitive. Uh, and, that, you know, that's my problem with the, with the show, not to get too much into the show, but it's just one of those things. A lot of people, it is a soap opera that just happens to have zombies because 
for me, I, I kind of grew tired of it, especially when they had that second season that took completely in place in a farmhouse. <laughs> I mean, the whole yep. season was was just there, and I'm like, ah, I'm like, yeah, maybe 15, 20 minutes where you can go, you know, three months later and suddenly you see him moving on, but uh, that's the tough part I have is that it, it is zombie tropes, and yes, we watch zombie movies and all those elements are in there, but we can get it in shorter dosages, whereas with The Walking Dead, it's season-long dosages of the same tropes over and over again, basically. I always like the human element with the zombie films, the exploration of how different human, you know, different personalities that handle the stress of zombies. Mm-hmm. That's what I always like. But even with Walking Dead for me, I've kind of grown disinterested in it. I was following it for a while just because I was like, oh, here we go again. See, when it comes to zombie films, the aspect that always interested me most, and I'm going to go straight into the episode now, um, where each of us is going to bring a movie to sit and talk about tonight that we think you guys should check out. But the, the aspect about the zombie films, I'd always kind of like triggered an emotion in me that actually connected me to it was the idea of seeing someone you loved stripped of their humanity and of their character and of their soul for them to just be an empty vessel that is standing before you and how the people react to that. I always found that fascinating. And the movie, one of the two movies I'm going to bring tonight, neither of them are traditional zombie movies in any way. First movie I'm going to bring you is what many consider the first zombie movie ever made, White Zombie. From Haiti, land of the voodoo, comes the most infamous cult of all, Bela Lugosi as Murder Legendre. I see death. Master of the undead damned. The sinister power behind the white zombie. Zombies? Yes, they are my servants. This soul killer takes men from their graves to be his slaves. His instruments of terror, and now this fiend plots to possess a woman. Only a pink boy, a silver moth, in a glass of wine, or perhaps a flower. Keep it, monsieur. You may change your mind. Not dead. Are you mad? I saw her die. The doctor signed the certificate. I saw them bury her. Captive in the borderland between life and death. Her brain drained of the life spark. The white zombie obeys the unholy commands of her demon master. As mindless creatures carry out his cursed will, terror explodes in horror and heartquake. Zombie! Allez vite! Allez! 
never eyes so evil, never powers so potent, never magic so black, Bela Dracula Lugosi, as the master of the white zombie. Uh, directed by Victor Halperin in 1932, starring my favorite actor of all time, Mr. Bela Lugosi. He plays a character uh, named Murder, who is a zombie master in Haiti. This couple goes to Haiti in order to get married and to get away, and unfortunately gets caught in um, kind of a love triangle with a plantation owner who falls in love with uh, the bride, uh, Madeline, instantly, and he calls upon murder to uh, entrance her and make her his. And how, how does murder make that happen? He uh, infects her with this dust that essentially turns her into a walking corpse that he can control. Now, murder, he is, he not only is he this kind of like voodoo master, he also runs this uh, sugar mill plantation, which he's taken all of his past enemies and made them into his workers and slaves as zombies. White Zombie came off of the coattails of Dracula. Bela Lugosi was hot at that time. Many of the mannerisms of Dracula are here, but we get one of the first instances where somebody actually describes what a zombie is in this film. They are not men, monsieur. They are dead bodies. Dead? Yes, monsieur. Zombie. The living dead. Corpses taken from their grave. Or made to work in sugar mill. Fields at night. One of the first instances where a zombie has ever been described in a film. From there, a lot of the subsequent movies that would play, uh, that would have zombies in them, took various elements of that short little description of what happens in White Zombie and would extrapolate them and expand them. But uh, White Zombie is a wonderfully gothic, dark haunting film that's much more about uh it's much more of kind of a gothic romance film with zombies in it than it is your traditional zombie film but it's one of my favorite films of all time it holds up i think to this day uh, because it's got beautiful cinematography bill lugosi is he's if you like him and dracula this is just a step up from that i think this is a better performance uh, than him as Dracula, in my mind, honestly. I would check it out. Any of you guys ever see White Zombie? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I have it on on DVD somewhere. Yeah, I've got several <laughs> copies of it. Yeah. It's great. I actually got my copy right here. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a brilliant movie. I love that period of horror anyway because of, like, the Universal Monsters and everything like that, but... You know, almost getting lost in the mix because Universal had all those iconic monsters at the time are all the other great films that came out of that era. And one of those is definitely White Zombie. When you get down to the plot, like, okay, it's kind of pulpy. You've got the the guy and the girl, and the girl's going to be lost unless the guy can say But then, then you get down and it was like, no, there's like this really, really dark undercurrent to the film, and... uh 
Lugosi is just absolutely menacing in this part. It's very chilling. It's very chilling, yeah. and and the, the zombies in it are also extremely. Uh, at least I just watched it again yesterday. When I was growing up, my dad had a VHS of this. It's one of the few VHSs I had for a really long time. Was this film and the zombies? I remember it to this day. Are just these stoic, painted, um, blankly staring off into nowhere kind of automatons. I mean, they just they they just they do his bidding and they stand there. And they they literally look like dead people walking. And I've always thought it was one of the better instances. And obviously Romero took a cue from this film and, and how the zombies are portrayed big time. Mark, you were going to say something? It's a good movie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that insight, Mark the Movie Man. Thank you. Well, no, no, you described it well. And, and yeah, you know, it's – I miss – uh, see, now you got me started. So uh, I miss <laughs> zombies from voodoo, in all honesty. We don't get enough voodoo. We don't get enough of those type of zombies. It's usually an infection, some chemical thing nowadays. You know, bring back the voodoo zombie. <laughs> yeah. Voodoo zombie, white zombie, and Serpent in the Rainbow, two of the best voodoo zombie mm-hmm. movies ever um, made. Sugar, so Hill. That, Sugar, Sugar Hill. Sugar Hill, man. Sugar Hill, you're right. Go uh, check out the the Film Jerks episode of Sugar Hill. You'll learn more about that flick, Scott. Uh, no, well, no, I'm just saying you mentioned the voodoo zombies, and I don't know if this is anybody's pick is why I'm kind of hesitant to say it. But uh, if uh, it's not the same era. It came out like about, I think, about uh, 11 or 12 years later than, than this in like 43. But if anybody has a chance to watch the film I Walked with a Zombie, that's wonderful movie. That's a brilliant movie as well. You know, it was done by it was that Val Luton cycle. Uh, It was just an incredibly done uh, movie. Jacques Tournier did it, so very good movie. Yes, love these movies. Very, I I love the the movies of that era had such a wonderfully dark. Um, gothic sensibility, but uh, at the same time, and this is with White Zombie, it, it has more than just the Bela Lugosi tie to Todd Browning's Dracula. It also kind of had a lot of the same auditory cues where it, it didn't have a score that played through the entire time and there there was these uh, dead spaces where all you had w- was this uh, atmosphere and the sound effects that were happening on stage because this is mostly this was mostly filmed on a universal uh, sound stage. Actually, some of the same stages that uh, Todd Browning uh, shot Dracula on were actually in White Zombies. So, White Zombie, I definitely uh, tell you go pick this one up. Go check this one out if you had it. It's in public domain. You can see it just about anywhere. But the Rowan Group put out this. Fabulous, fantastic DVD of it in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. That if you can get a hold of it, please pick it up. I I want to say it just came out on Blu-ray as yes, well. It did. Yeah, I was just I was just looking uh, for it. it. There's actually two uh, Blu-rays. It looks like one is a uh, from I'm I've got Blu-ray.com up right now while we're talking. Uh, I one's think Kino Warber put Kino, one out. Yep, Kino did one, and uh, uh, oh, and Rowan also did did put theirs on there. So there's a Rowan, and there's a Kino. Uh, like you said, public domain, so you can, they're both out there. So yeah, don't hesitate. Pick this one up. So let's go ahead and let's let's move on. See what the other people brought tonight. Uh, Scott, what did you bring? Return of the Living Dead 
three. They vowed to stay together forever, that their love would never die. But their pledge remain untested. Oh, cool. No problem on the boss's son, remember? Until they went looking for a thrill and stumbled on the chilling fact. Let's proceed. That even the dead can go on living. They came back to life. We gotta get out of here. And tonight, fate will put their promises <laughs> to the test. Now that she's dead, he's frightened to live without her. But bringing her back is terrifying. <gasps> oh, God, Kurt, that was incredible. Let's do it again. Contain it, damn it! Seal it off now! Is that what I'm gonna become? These poor dead bastards crave brains. She bit me, did She gave you something bad. I feel so hungry. Never find you down here. What have you done? If she attacks him, he becomes like her. I just get a little confused sometimes. No! Love never dies. Not the first one. Now, we, we know the first one. The first one is awesome. You know, punk rock, Linnea Quigley, dance, awesome. You know, punk brute music, awesome. But Return of the Living Dead 3, and it kind of goes to what Derek was saying about seeing a loved one turned into something less than human. That is basically what this entire movie is about. Now, when we hear that, originally, what we naturally think of is we think of, you know, our family. We think about, you know, our parents or our children turning into these, you know, rotting, you know, brainless things. In this film, it's basically the same experiments that the military has been experimenting with, like, creating zombie super soldiers and stuff for years. And what happens is that there's this son of a our army person, like a general or something or other. I'm sorry, it's been a few years, you guys, forgive me. <laughs> uh, a colonel or something. And the son is in, in, in love with this girl from the wrong side of the tracks, played by the great Melinda Clark, Mindy Clark. And there's an accident and she gets killed. Well, he, having, they had stumbled upon these experiments earlier. So in a in desperation, he brings her in and, re, and revives her. And she comes back as a zombie. But, you know, she can still, because they've been working with this for years, they have kind of a different thing going on where, where you, you, they don't, like, degrade right away. And this, and a, at first, she can speak. She can move. She can do all these things. But she suddenly, but it really becomes evident, like, no, she's got this now. She's got this hunger. She, you know, at one at, at certain points, she has to start, like, mutilating herself in order to stay human so she can, like, feel that pain. What this does is that this sounds all sounds extremely serious. And half of this movie is extremely serious. And, yes. half of it, and then half of it is that same kind of campy, pulpy, thing that Return of the Living Dead did. There's just a wonderful balance in this film. You know, Melinda Clark is amazing. She, you know, her zombie girl is like, I mean, 
I should be iconic if it isn't already. She's also beautiful, quite beautiful. Oh, she's even gorgeous. even when she turns into this disgusting zombie, she's still pretty hot. Oh, she's gorgeous. She's absolutely amazing. Uh, and uh, you know, the film's directed by Brian Usna, who's really an unsung hero. You know, Brian Usna was involved with like the uh, Reanimator and From Beyond and everything like that. Did Society, which is an incredible film. You know. Uh, had the fantastic factory company, which did a lot of great stuff. And I think he's a really un unsung person. And in I think this might be uh, one of his best films, even though it's part of this, you know, series that everybody's aware of. It's in the states; it hasn't really had a lot of proper releases. I think it had a couple releases on DVD, mostly in cut form. It's never been released on Blu-ray. It, it always seemed like this was was a movie that somehow was got more attention overseas than it did here, which is odd because it's certainly a lot more American and less esoteric than some of the films that did catch on here. By far, by but, far. But it's the movie winds up being you know romantic and tragic and a little scary. And uh, horrific, but also kind of, you know, funny and silly in spots, you know, so that it winds up being an overall enjoyable experience while still being surprisingly profound. Kind of a Romeo and Juliet story with zombies and all that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. This movie, I remember when it came out on cable, I they actually released the unrated version onto like the movie channel or Cinemax and stuff like that and I taped it right away and I obsessively watched this film. I loved Return of the Living Dead 3 mostly because the lead I, I I'll admit I had a crush on her. Oh yeah. Melinda Melinda Clark <laughs> is beautiful and whenever she was in something for years afterwards I would watch it. You know, I watched I went to see Spawn because she was in it. Yeah. I, I mean I, I went I I watched Killer I watched Killer Tongue. I mean she's she's very beautiful and she's uh, and also very talented as well. Absolutely. And if you're a fan, like you said, if you're a fan of using this stuff, you'll fit right in with this one. It's super fun, super gross. If you can get your hands on the unrated cut, tons of great special effects, practical, great special effects, tragic, romantic, funny, gross. Great, great, great film. Absolutely love it. Anybody else have anything to add about uh, Return of the Living Dead 3? I guess I'm going to have to see it. <laughs> Whoa, wait. You oh, have good. not seen Return of the Living Dead 3, Angela? I have not. I have not seen anything past 2. Oh, well, just see 3. Don't just watch see, the rest yeah, of them. They're yeah, some more yeah. garbage. Yeah, just see 3. Just, see, just, just say no to 4 and 5. No more well, you say that. You say that now, but after what we went through with the howling... Come on, Return. I might want to prepare myself. <laughs> Return to the Raid wasn't that bad. You hear the crickets, Mark? You hear them crickets? <laughs> I joke, of course, I joke. No, I, I enjoy this series. This series is always great because this, Return of the Living Dead, for all of you out there, if I'm not mistaken, Return of the Living Dead is actually where the whole brains thing comes from. Absolutely. Not from 
the Romero zombies, like a lot of people have that misconception. No, Return of the Living Dead is where they started it with the whole brains that caught on and everybody loved. But then they also had a Michael Jackson and uh, uh, look-alike zombie in it as well. So <laughs> this one is well, interesting. Also, the zombies in, in the, this series can't be destroyed either. Right, yeah. yeah. And that's what always was interesting about this series. And you're right, three was a little bit, felt like a little bit of a departure from the other two in that it had a little bit more of a serious tone in parts of it, whereas the other ones were really felt more like kind of ha-ha, look at the zombies sort of thing. So I definitely say thumbs up all the way, Return of Living Dead 3, check that one out. Glenn, what was the flick you decided to bring in? I went with Wormwood, Road of the Dead. There is something in the air that's changing people. I need you to get me to Bulla Bulla. Why? You're getting sister. Ready? Born ready. Come on, you dead bastard! The medical box. Open it! Oh, beers! You want a beer, Frank? What do you fucking reckon? Tell me where she is. This crack runs on zombies. No zombies, no crack. You get to see what the adults do after dark. Oi! Can we come inside? There's fucking zombies everywhere! Yeah, okay. We need fuel. There's no way that could work. There's one way to find out. <laughs> we need to armor up. Big time. It's about the survival of the human fucking race, mate. Hold on! Come on, you zombie! You want a zombie? I'll get you a zombie. What? Round him or throw him? Throw him. Now, and there's a reason, a, a big reason I went with it, because we were talking about how the zombie genre is played out in a lot of ways. And a big way it's played out for me is that I can suspend my disbelief and accept that there are zombies. But so many movies these days uh, will then, you know, say, well, we're already suspending our disbelief that zombies exist, so let's pretend that, you know, people, normal human people don't have brains at work anymore and physics no longer applies and, you know, the general rules and laws of nature are gone too and it just, it, it devolves too much into just, Everything's ridiculous. Now, sometimes you have a movie where they say, we're not going to try... And th these are the zombies that are trying to be serious. You know, and they, they do these ridiculous things. Now, Wormwood takes a pretty ridiculous premise with the zombies in that 
Uh, again, it's the it's the standard trope of it's you know it's a it's a government experiment gone gone wrong. But the zombies can be used as fuel. You can basically <laughs> hook, hook them up to to your truck and drive around by using zombies as fuel. And it also, it just got this this great thing with you've got two stories going on because it's it's a, it's primarily following a brother and a sister, and the, the brother's trying to find his sister, and his sister's being experimented on. And there's just really good characters in it. Benny, who's like the uh, Aboriginal, because this is a this is zombies down under. He steals every scene he's in. He's just yes, phenomenal he in this in this movie, and it it takes itself just serious enough where it's not just a hundred percent camp. Not that there's anything wrong with a hundred percent camp, but it just just serious enough to I think be be a really enjoyable flick, while still being fairly ridiculous. That's putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah. But but this, that's what I expect from the Aussies. The Aussies, I don't know if they can do a movie that's 100% serious. I don't think they could. I think it's it's contrary to their general nature. There's got to be something fucked up weird about it somewhere in the film. <laughs> you know, they have to have, you know, it, it, it can be the story, the, the you know, the loving story of a mother and her son and, oh, wait, no, that's Bed Boy Bubby, and that's not really a good relationship at all. So they, 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 they take things that seem like, you know, a pure idea, and they say, yeah, but there's be some kangaroo fucking going on in this thing. Wormwood. Man, that movie is such – yeah, it's such energy, so yeah. much energy. It reminded me when I watch it, because it's on Netflix. If you guys haven't checked it out, definitely go to Netflix as of right now, uh, March in 2016. It's on there. It reminded me of those gonzo splatter films from the 90s. Yeah. And it was just like there was no breathing to any of the, like the pace, the editorial, just like nothing breathed in that movie at all. It just was constant forward motion and people just intensity. This, uh, everyone who was like constantly under attack or uh, that. I love the subplot with uh, the, the sister that gets kidnapped by the mad scientist and uh, how just uh, like the colors, the vibrant colors yeah. in that film. It is. I absolutely adored Wormwood. I thought it was a great time. Yeah, Wormwood is just fantastic. I just like, again, it, like Glenn said, people wonder, why do you keep watching zombie films because they're all the same? Because occasionally you run across someone who actually comes up with something a little bit different about the zombies that you're going, I've not seen that before. How have I not? Because that's so cool. Zombies as fuel. I loved that concept. And wasn't, it, it, wasn't it the fuel, like their farts or something like that? What was it? Uh, well, no, it was, it was, I think it was something with, it had something to do with daylight too. Yeah. In, in daylight, in they, daylight, it I, was I a gas. Yeah, it was a gas they released during daylight. It was kind of like that, but yeah. So on one hand, you get that angle of methane. <laughs> Don't bring up zombie ass, goddammit. We're not talking about zombie ass no, on no, this no, show. No, 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 we're not talking about zombie ass on this show. Uh, <laughs> on one hand, you get scared of the zombies because they could eat you, bite you, and infect you. But on the other hand, you have people actually seeking out zombies, trying not to kill them because they're fuel for your car. So I loved how that just added a whole different dynamic to how people in that world approached zombies. And then you get those experiments going on. I love that bit. Oh, 
the the I, I'm not sure who the actress is. I forgot her name, but uh, playing the sister, she rocked. I oh yeah, it. she was so good in this. Yeah, this was one of those where I saw where I'm like, okay, this looks interesting, and I watched it, and I'm like, this is pretty badass right here. Yeah, dude, this is like you you guys just picked two rock and roll picks because Return of the Living Dead three and this one are rock and roll movies, man, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You know, Definitely not the same tone as White Zombie whatsoever, no. <laughs> but, but great flicks. That's a great pick, Glenn. It was actually on my best of 2015 list because it didn't get released here until 2015. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a great film. The, the thing with the sister is great. I, I did look it up while you guys were talking just to, to, to give credit here. And Bianca Brady is her name. Yeah, that's her name. Thank uh, you. Fantastic. I love that subplot. Love the storyline. Loved where they took it. Uh, I really just loved almost everything about this movie. It had such an energy to it. And it, it also kind of reminded me that, you know, um, and I think I briefly mentioned it at the very beginning when I was talking about the films from 2003, another, like, Australian uh, film, which sounds condescending. I mean, you don't want to say, like, you know, well, Batman and Ben-Hur, those are two American films. They have a lot in common. But <laughs> Australia, you know, Australia, I mean, their films are, I mean, let's face it. That's a whole such a different culture stuff, and their f- films always seem even the classy films like My Brilliant Career seem to have like a an outlaw sense to them that they do things a little differently down there, and they add all these new spins on stuff. I'm, and I'm, yeah, and so I thought Undead, for instance, by the Spirit Brothers oh, uh, was was yes. a really a, interesting movie. Like you said, it go it just takes it in all these weird, weird, weird directions. And it, it, and uh, I would say that Wormwood is like a, a definite dis- descendant of that. In my, in my review on my channel, I described this as basically it's like they said, you know what, we're going to take Undead and Mad Max it up a bit mm. and we throw in a little, <laughs> like, reanimator. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the feeling yeah. I get from that. It's just like they went, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Well, also on top of that – is is another film that is in the mix of that, and I'm going to move over to Miss Angelique, and she's going to let you know what that other film that's in the mix, because her pick is... Dead Alive. On this picturesque block, in this manicured home, something evil, something terrifying, Something horrifying is haunting Lionel. Ah! His mother. I thought I told you to spray this house. The place is infested with bourbon. Although she was a little strict. Look at this dust. It's an inch thick. He never wished her any harm. You look after me, Lionel. Until... Ah! Your mother's dead, Lionel. Now, whatever mom's got Who's your mother? has caught on with the neighbors. You can pray. I kick ass for the Lord. You can plead. You can beg for mercy. But nothing you can do will stop. Because how do you kill something that's already dead? Trimark Pictures presents a modern...
masterpiece of horror. Your mother ain't a dog! Dead alive. Party's over. Hell yeah, another, well, quote-unquote Aussie. It's a New Zealand film by Mr. Peter Jackson. Don't Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? no i love this movie because it wasn't like the traditional you know okay just the dead arising that freaking monkey rat thing that they're found in africa bring it back yeah i say that when i get a paper cut (laughs) everybody looks at me (laughs) yeah you've got the bite (laughs) And then just out come the machetes. Ah! But yeah, like, you know, you've got that, the, the contagion aspect, and then the supernatural aspect with the, the gypsy woman and the tarot cards and everything. And it's just this nice little stew of non traditional zombie and gross out effects. And that, I think, is what really just cinches it a special place in my heart is that it's just so gross. Like when the, the mom is turning and she's got that um, luncheon with those people from the uh, WLWL, um, she picks the bandage and it squirts into that guy's custard and yes. he eats it and he's just like, Ew, I'm just like, Oh, gross. But you can't look mm, away. Nice and creamy. Right. And then just of course, I like it. Right. Ugh. <laughs> and then you've got I kick ass for the Lord, which <laughs> one of the greatest uh, lines of all film ever in the history of cinema. One of the greatest things ever. And the first time you've ever seen a kung fu priest who isn't a Buddhist monk. But yeah, no, it's just and and the way that it spreads, you know, it spreads by bite, you know. So it is an infection, but it's not like, you know, eating the zombies flesh or anything isn't going to infect you, you that you have to be physically bitten and then of course the the end with the giant uh, oh wait and we're forgetting the zombie yep the zombie uh. which is one of the most disgusting for one of the first uh, times you've ever seen zombies fuck um, right. on screen yeah <laughs> the uh, priest what? zombie and the nurse zombie that have the baby zombie yeah and it's just it's also in in I mean, her gestation period was what, forty-five minutes? Basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's got the nice little psycho thing. You got the 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 sheltered boy trying to take care of his mom, and, and the the doomed romance that ends in you know intestines wrapping around your ankle and sucking you back into your giant monstrous, horrible demon zombie mother. It's perfect. It's an epic film. I remember when this came out on uh, on cable. It it only played super late at night, and um, I recorded it and subsequently showed it to everyone that I knew. <laughs> Literally everyone that I knew in the '90s. This was like my favorite film. Like I loved Evil Dead too. But mm-hmm. Brain Dead slash Dead Alive was like the pinnacle to me. I remember first time I saw, I caught wind of this movie. I was at a Morbid Angel show at First Avenue in Minneapolis, Woo-hoo! and on the screens that they had on either side of uh, the stage, they played Happiness and Slavery, the video about the the self torturer by yeah. Nine Inch Nails, and then. 
some of the gross-out scenes from Peter Jackson's uh, Brain Dead slash Dead Alive. And I remember looking at it going, this is fucking disgusting. What the hell is this? Because at that time, you didn't have a lot of films that were as gratuitous as this movie was. Because if you were to take his first movie, Bad Taste, and then just ramp it up as far as it possibly could go, that's this movie. Mark, what do you think of this one? You mean this film brought to you by the Academy Award-winning director, Peter Jackson? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Lord of the Rings himself. (laughs) I love the fact... I love the fact that he he went on and directed and won an Academy Award for the one of the a lot of people consider the new trilogy, the Star Wars trilogy of another generation. Uh, I I love the Gonzo ness of this film, the just outrageous. Just it was like they sat in a room and going, "What do we want to do? Let's do this." Okay, not a single person saying, "Well, you know, that's a little outrageous." No, no. There was no no one saying, no, we shouldn't do that. I, I think it was just a room of people brainstorming going, Man, and then we could have them do this. And everybody's like, okay. <laughs> and they yep. did it. And yeah, one word for you guys. Lawnmower. Yes. yes. The scene to this day that gets me is when the zombie bursts through the lady's face. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, that is such a great effect. Such a great. Pulls her apart like French doors. Just ha! <laughs> oh my god, so so many amazing practical effects in this movie. And 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 what gets me though is even with that, and don't make it sound, folks, like this is just random scenes. There's a complete story here. A lot of films nowadays try to capture this energy and try to just do all this Gonzo crazy gore type stuff or whatnot in a zombie film to try to be different or whatnot yet they're always lacking in the story but here we've actually got a pretty solid simple but solid story about the young man and his romance with the girl and you know there's actually a story here a solid story here amongst all the gore and fun hijinks uh oh! You should have no. said anything, Scott. Scott <laughs> Davis is in the no. chat is, is telling us he has a sordid history <laughs> with with Dead Alive. You Uh-oh. you you, you still, put it out still. there, Scott. Give us at least the abridged version of this. No, I can't. Oh uh, well, no. <laughs> he can't due to due to identities of people. He cannot, the statute of limitations does not allow him to do so at this time. <laughs> I will say, if you're going to watch this movie, make sure that you are sober <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> oh, oh, did you puke watching this movie? I really wished I could have uh, at, at certain parts. It was just, yeah, it was. I mean, and I think because I think I, I think people watch this exactly how you watch this, and um, the uh, it's is that is that somebody had it on VHS. And then whenever they got their friends together, you've got to see this. And uh, I remember my an old friend Seth showing me this, uh, uh, who's now a good, cool DJ out in like the Washington area. And uh, yeah, it was just. <laughs> I mean, I, and this is you know, this is of course this is I'd, I'd heard of the movie, I'd never seen the movie, but you know, we didn't. You know, this is before uh, I'd 
we'd even heard of bad taste or meet the parents or anything like or meet not meet the parents, meet the feebles. <laughs> meet the feebles. You know, yeah. God. Yeah, there should have been more meet the feebles than meet the parents. But anyway, but yeah, so it was before we'd seen anything like that. So this we just just like <laughs> <laughs> Every There's scene, it like just it. got worse and worse and worse. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember, if I remember correctly, there was huge controversy when this came to the U.S. There were articles about it, and there were people banned because of the gore. I remember there being some controversy, I think, over the gore of this film and how some theaters were questioning on playing it, if I remember correctly. Well, I don't recall it ever going to theaters here in the States. I believe it was just a straight-to-video, straight-to-cable straight well, type deal. And that might be it, but I just remember there was controversy because people compl just complained about the gore of this film and how... Uh, in in no pun intended, in bad taste it was. And maybe that was it, it was showing on cable. I just remember, though, there were some news articles, at least locally, that I, I remember because you'd see the picture or whatnot, and, and it, people talk about, oh, it's gross and disgusting and most, you know, goriest film ever. And, and of course, that just made me want to see it. So. Well, it's quaint nowadays. Yeah, I mean it's still really violent and really out there. But if if you're thinking about it in terms of some of the movies that have come after it, it definitely <laughs> is a, is tad quaint compared to some of the zombie films it, I've seen. It's still very, it's still extremely gory. It's still extremely over the top. I think it still plays like that today. But also, it's you know this and this and this was like in the early '90s. We were still feeling some of the after effects of the um, kind of Reagan Bush era, where now, of course, in you know Britain and everything with the video nasties, they had it way worse than we did. But we got all these like, oh, think of the children things with every horror film that came out, <laughs> and it's so goofy to think about because it's like, okay, you know, you could take like a movie like say like Toolbox Murders. And you know, say yeah, we get, it. we see your argument there. This one, like, you know, a zo a zombie puts his puts their arm through a screaming woman's face. There's nothing in this movie that is reflected in reality. No, no, it is, it is so heightened. It is so yeah. comedic. It's cartoonish. <laughs> so it's still, so it's really silly. Yeah, cartoonish. Exactly. It's like if, 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 uh, if. Chuck Jones went splatterpunk. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that you brought up, you know, oh, the children. Um, the first time I saw this movie, I was having a Halloween party with me and all of my high school girlfriends. And my mom would always go and just rent me just this huge stack of horror movies. She she knew what I liked. And, and none of these girls had ever seen anything like some of the shit that I've seen, even at that age. And... So we put this in, and my mom and my dad and all of us were all piled in the living room. We got piles of snacks and everything, and this movie starts. And by the end of it, they were all screaming and leaving the room, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, and my mom looks – I mean my dad looks at my mom, and he's like, Donna? <laughs> oh man, it's it's seriously a one of a kind flick. It is. If you like 
this is the thing that's really weird to try and recommend, you know, early Peter Jackson to people because Peter Jackson nowadays is so known for the Lord of the Rings and these ultra serious kind of fantasy films that he broke. Like after he did the Frighteners, like his career took a completely different path. But before then, his movies were so fun. I mean, outside of Heavenly Creatures, that's not necessarily a fun film by any means. That's a drama. (laughs) But all of his films before then, The Bad Taste, uh, Meet the Feebles, was just basically a splatter Muppet movie. And then uh, Dead Alive, uh, just unbelievably off the chain, off the rails, uh, splatter fest, comedy, gore, you name it, you got it. It's perfect. Mark the Movie Man, we're going to move on to you next. What is the film you have decided upon? Because I know you had like five films. You couldn't figure out what you were going to do. What is the film you're going to bring to me, brother? Well, see, his favorite comedy is this, and his favorite musical is this. Different zombie genres. I I do have favorites in each one. Uh, One one film, Mark. One film, Mark. Okay, okay. The one I was going to bring is an indie film, and there's not a lot to talk about it without spoiling the interesting twist at the end. Uh, so that's why I kind of wanted to change my pick. But the film of it, it, it's called The Other Side, and the basic premise of it was a man searches for his wife to, and protects his daughter during the beginning of a zombie apocalypse. And that's the basis of it. Uh, but it all relies on, on the perception and the twist, what I thought was creative at the end and actually didn't quite see coming. And then when they did do it, I was like, that helped kind of save the film because in the beginning, Getting it kind of follows this, the normal formula, but then it hits a point, and then you're just like, aha, that helps it. So it's worth the trip. <laughs> so it's called The Other Side. It's a very it's a micro-budget film. Well, micro-budget by – it estimated 50000 though. I think it was actually less that it was made. It was made in Pittsburgh, I think. Um, so check that out. But everybody picked great picks here, so I kind of wanted to bring a little bit more of a fun one and one that – uh, surprisingly with this cast is still not really talked about as often as I think it should and it's Fido good afternoon boys and girls so how many of you have ever had to kill a zombie well not too many what would we do without our zombies <laughs> they take care of your jobs Give me that. this is detail work flesh eating maniacs need not apply do the housework uh, what is that zombie doing in my easy boy? Uh, and play with the kids. Nice catch, Fido. Uh, names are zombie anyway. Mr. Theopolis has a name for his. I bet he does. Nicely done, Tammy. But for the sake of your neighbors, please keep them fed. Oh, jeez. That's Mrs. Henderson. We're in trouble, boy. Blood on your zombie? It was a nosebleed. You stupid zombie! Help! Is Timmy in trouble? Families having to kill their own. Take Dee Dee's head off in a second if I had to. (laughs) He always says that. Is that bad? Yes. My God. I don't want you thinking. What we did is normal or okay in any way. I don't. Friday. So, with 
Without my job, we'd all be dead. Then where would we be? Dead. Dead. That's right. Yes. Yes. Really fun yeah. flick. Fido, uh, directed by Andrew Curie. And the IMDb gives a huge explanation, but basically think of the world stuck in the 1950s where the zombie apocalypse has happened and the the and society has adapted to it now to where zombies are a normal thing. And so you have... Uh, uh, funeral parlors, uh, the, the main family that we have here, the Robinsons, uh, in the town of Willard, if you will, <laughs> um, he works part of the company that is involved with anything zombies. So they're in charge of keeping the fence around this 50s uh, city uh, zombie free. And old people are looked down upon because when you die, you become a zombie. And certain, and they've learned how to kind of control zombies, and they have some zombies doing uh, menial tasks. And one of them is Fido, played brilliantly by, yes, the comedian Billy Conley, uh, plays hmm. Fido so well. Hmm. And there's so much that goes on in this film, so much statements about uh, society and stuff. And I just loved this film from start to finish because it was – one of those where you put it in and you don't know what to expect and you look at it and you see the directions it goes and it's funny. It makes statements. It's got a great balance in here, even a few serious parts as well. Uh, and I loved it. I, 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 it surprised me. I'd heard about it and then I watched it and I was like, this is just an amazingly well, creatively written film. Uh, you know, again, one of those where, you think you've seen it all about zombies, and then a movie like Fido comes along. It, it's funny because they talk about the beheadings, because that, that is how you can kill zombies in this one, and how that's a feature now for when you're killing loved ones. But how old people are perceived is just hilarious. You know, it's something that you don't think of. And the fact it's done in a 50s setting, yeah, I think helps, because we always picture the 50s like Ward and June Cleaver, type of deal, but we don't think of the neighbor next door who has held on to the zombie female and knocked out all of her teeth and has kept her for uh, specific reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I when I saw this flick, I think, it, I think it's a charming little flick. Mm -hmm. It's funny. It, it's quirky. Um, it's really lighthearted. It's it's not like a, a super splatter fest. It's more of a, a satire mm -hmm. on on zombies than anything else. It, it, it is, but at the same time, it didn't feel like it was a mean spirited satire. You know, it, it wasn't. It was just saying, "Hey, what if?" <laughs> you know, um, and yeah, I like it. I like some of the stuff that comes up in it, about it. Um, I thought the production was really well handled. I mean, they made everybody's costuming and everything really feel like it, the world got stuck in the 50s, you know, and they're dealing with the zombie problem logically in their minds. And, and of course, there's things that ensue and such, but, yeah, it, it is a cute film. It's a, it's a quaint film. I, I think people, though, I like to recommend it because it is not um, – too serious of a zombie film. It's not too intense, uh, but it's got a great story and some really fun moments in it, I think, uh, and some touching ones too. 
So yeah, you know, so I kind of wanted to go with that instead of the other one because the other one was a little more serious. This one though, it, it's lighter, uh, but it's a lot of fun, and it's one that even if you're not a heavy zombie, you know, or heavy horror fan, you can find a lot of great things in it. And like I said, Billy Conley's Fido is just hilarious. That poor guy, he, it, it was kind of. Think of it like uh, uh, George Romero doing an Edward Scissorhands. That's exactly bit. what I was gonna say, Mark. I was yeah. gonna I was gonna say like this is uh, the Edward Scissorhands of zombie films. It's Fido. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's not saying it's a bad thing. I I enjoy it. I own it. I've watched. I watch it every so often when I pop it in because. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's it's a fun zombie film that someone just came up with an interesting concept and went with it, and I love films like that that try something new, something different, because as we've mentioned, the zombie genre is so full of repeats, rinse, wash, repeat plots that when you do get original, if interesting and different, it may not be impactful or oh my god, game changing, but it's refreshing. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's the only way you can go about these films nowadays because it's so played out. Glenn, this seems like something that'd be up your alley. Have you seen this one? I love Fido. I saw it originally uh, because I'm a huge Billy Connolly fan. And, yeah, I mean, and the cast in general. I mean, you've got Carrie Ann Moss. Um, you've got uh, so William H. Macy, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. I mean, just a phenomenal cast. And then, yeah, it's just... It's a different take. It's also another another one where I consider it kind of a, a more believable zombie apocalypse type type movie because of the fact that when when you talk about like the slow moving shuffling zombies, you know that can be killed, you know, by basically taking their head off. In the in the real world, we have armies and tanks and guns that would you know stop this eventually, and it's it's cool to see the fact that. Even with zombies still there, we would adapt, and that's that's we shows you know in in a tongue in cheek kind of way, but how they've adapted, the fact you know that they've got procedures for what to do when when you know it's when grandpas have already ready to go, you know you got to get ready there and you know and then the wall and you know and, and domesticating them basically domesticating zombies is just and yeah and what the neighbor does there'd be there'd be sick fuckers who would do that <laughs> of course there would be so yeah so, it's, just, it's just a phenomenal movie i almost picked that one myself yeah that's one i haven't watched in a while i have it as well and i i, I think it's a super fun movie so uh i think everybody's brought some really great picks tonight i'm going to finish this up with of course you know me i like really shitty movies so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my my favorite shitty zombie movie of all time, and of course, it's the quaint little tale of a small French village where a bunch of German soldiers were killed and tossed into a lake, and then they decide to come out and kill all the naked women in town. And what is this film? It's Jean Rollin's Zombie Lake from 1981. <laughs>
whole team of basketball players, women, just simply disappeared in the lake, swallowed up by some ghosts. <laughs> Let's level, Mayor. I hope you don't really think ghosts killed them. Yes, that's what I think, in fact. I'm convinced of it. Me? I didn't see them. Do you think that if any one of us had seen those poor girls, we would have let them go out there and get killed? Don't you think we'd have told them to stay away from the lake? face the fact that zombies have declared war. Our fate's now in our own hands. We must find a way to safeguard our town from the mad murdering zombies. We are not powerless. We must act. Do you know who the man with the medallion is? Yes, he's my father. The other ghosts, if you want me to. But I won't let you hurt him. I won't. And he would like to be dead. ridiculous things you'll ever see in your entire life. If you're, you're familiar with Jean Rollin's films, he, he very dreamlike atmosphere, lots of beautiful naked women. This, more than others, I think this falls into that, that 80s period of, of his uh, filmography where the budget is so minuscule that uh, the zombies literally are nothing more than a bunch of dudes uh, with green paint slapped over their face and some bad latex uh, thrown on them. The, the lake itself, where the zombies, where they live and they come out of, when, it's, when there's any underwater scenes, it's obvious it's some pool. They're shooting in, in some dude's pool in the back of his yard with some, uh, some plants thrown in the mix of it. The, this lake, it starts off so wonderfully, this film. Let me, let me set the stage for you folks. So we're in the middle of this picturesque wooded I, – I, it's more of a pond than it is a lake, let's be honest. And uh, this, this lady decides to go out and go skinny dipping. Why? I don't know. By herself? She just – it just happens, I guess, in a lot of French uh, villages. Women just want to go skinny dip for a while. <laughs> she goes out, and she sees this sign. There's this sign pointing to the lake that, that has – uh, someone diving into the lake or swimming with with the no sign over top of it. Hmm. Maybe sh I shouldn't go swimming. Nah, nah, nah. She pulls the sign out and tosses it aside, and then, then get promptly gets naked, jumps in the lake, and gets after gratuitous underwater shooting straight up at her spread eagle naked shots. 
he gets pulled down by a, by a dime store zombie in, in bad latex. Um, this is this is essentially what you get in Zombie Lake. A lot of this shit, and then there's a subplot later where one of the head zombies that was a German soldier fell in love with one of the villagers, and they had a, a baby, uh, a child out of wedlock, this daughter, and they both die. She dies in childbirth, and then he dies, uh, obviously because of the, the villagers kill all the German occupants and toss them into this lake. And later in the movie, when the zombies start coming out and terrorizing this village, he goes, finds his daughter, and decides to go on walks with her around the village. It is a charming little flick, let me tell you. It's, uh, it is literally one of the most preposterous things you'll ever see in your entire life. Uh, have any of you guys ever seen Zombie Lake? I've always wanted to, and I've never seen it, even though I love Jean Rolin's films. Uh, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting <laughs> to see it, and uh, I've been meaning to pick up the Blu-ray, and I haven't seen it. Isn't this the one where they, instead of shooting in slow motion, they actually just had the people move slow? Oh, my God. It has one of the most preposterous <laughs> of all time. This zombie fight scene where two of the zombie warriors fight each other, and it is the slowest fight scene you will ever see ever. And it was the footage was not slowed down. It is too – picture – Two zombies in the most slow-moving zombies you've ever seen in a film attempting to fight each other. It is just mind-numbing. It is unbelievable. Well, if, you, if you're a Sleaze fan of, of 80s, early 80s Euro horror and genre lean films uh, and really shitty zombie films, because I know there's a lot of you guys out there that like shitty zombie films, Definitely pick up Zombie Lake, get a bunch of friends, get some booze, sit and just slack jaw, laugh. Because you, you can't help but laugh, not laugh. This movie is ridiculous. So, uh, Zombie Lake, there's our episode about our picks on off the beaten path zombie flicks. I hope you guys uh, go check out these movies, have some fun with them. There is still some life in the zombie genre, I think. There are a lot of great zombie movies out there. It's unfortunate nowadays if you go on to Netflix, all you see is this regurgitation crap because of the the Walking Dead and, and all this other garbage. But there are good zombie films out there, and occasionally I still do turn on a zombie film or two to watch. It's, it's, it's quite funny in my life because I'm a horror fan. Everyone assumes all I do is watch zombie films. I have so many things that people have given me over the years because, oh, you're a horror fan? Oh, zombie this, zombie that. And they send me all this stuff, which I'm thankful for. I mean, some of it's kind of funny and some of it's kind of cool. But uh, for the most part, I don't really watch a lot of these flicks. But there are good ones out there, and I haven't given up on the genre yet. So, uh Let's go ahead and round out this episode, folks, and let the, the fine listeners of Astro Radio Z know where each of us can be found on the interwebs. Mr. Glenn Bittner. You can find me on Facebook with the Beam Weave Bunker, uh, or just me. I'm on there, too. Uh, you can find me on the YouTubes, Guy in the Bunker Productions and the Beam Weave Bunker, or just follow me on the Twitter thing, Guy in a Bunker. <laughs> the Twitter thing. I love that's what I should call it from now on is the Twitter thing. <laughs> that's how I feel about it most days. Angelique. Um you can find me on Facebook, 
just search for my name. I'm really easy to find, Angelique Bone. Um, you can also find me and some other really cool cats at thelosthighway.com. Mark the Movie Man. Specialmarkproductions.com, your one-stop shop for all the stuff I work on. Spoiler Room, Final Cut, latest episodes are there, as well as stuff I do for We Live Film. That's uh, where you can go. And, in fact, uh, I'm going to just plug real quick for my podcast. Uh, it's going to be hot and heated and should be fun. We're going to talk about the movie that's divided the internets, that superhero film, which I, I shall not name, but we're talking about that tomorrow. So, Yeah, the, the superhero film that's turned all movie viewers and fans on the interweb to zombies themselves that can no longer think or have rational opinions about anything, because obviously this superhero film means more to these people than anything else on the face of the planet. It's the most important thing on the face of the planet is this stupid, silly superhero movie. But we'll be talking about that I'm glad, tomorrow I'm night. glad you understand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is, we, we better start tearing each other's faces off over this silly superhero movie my gosh i hated social media this weekend i absolutely hated it. <laughs> um <laughs> scott davis where can my listeners find you uh best spot to find me is at moviocrity.com m-o-v-i-o-c-r-i-t-y.com uh you can that's where i try to publish everything that i'm involved with if you don't want to go there you can catch my web series moviocrity at vimeo.com slash channels slash moviocrity. That's the only spot to see all the episodes because YouTube is usually a turd about taking things down when they're not illegal. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, But uh, apparently YouTube still lets me have my other show, Reaction Shot, so that's there. <laughs> awesome. And obviously I'm your host, Derek Carey. You can find Astro Radio Z at astroradioz.com. You can contact me on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, Astro Radio Z podcast at gmail.com is the email you can contact me with uh, if you want to be on the show or you have some stuff you want to you want to promote, maybe a new movie or maybe you're a band. I could get you in contact with Corey J. Udler on our other podcast, Stillborn Goat 666 Heavy Metal Podcast. It's going over quite well. We have some really amazing ho uh, guests coming on. I believe tomorrow night we're recording an episode with Savage Master, which is fucking awesome. Such a great band. So look forward to some great bands coming on that podcast. But obviously, Astro Radio Z, you can find us on any podcatcher that you can find. I'd love for you to go over to iTunes, uh, give us a subscribe, share us with your friends, give us a, obviously a five-star rating. Nothing but the best if you're going to go over there and give us give us a rating. But I would I would appreciate it. Um, it, it helps us out, gets us out there to more people, and uh, that's what I want. I'd love for everybody to be listening to my sultry tones, is, is what I keep hearing. I don't know why I keep hearing that. Guess, Your velvety pipes of love. I, I think Mark's voice is a lot more sultry when he does <laughs> when he does black mark. <laughs> Oh, Give us a little yeah. taste, Mark. You're listening to Astro Radio Z with the velvet pipes of Derek Carey. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Don't forget about me! <laughs> <laughs>
and ladies for an extra added hors d'oeuvre of love. Don't forget the BFD himself, Mr. Glenn Bittner. Oh, yeah. I'm here for your pleasure. <laughs> Somebody needs to sample that. <laughs> oh, boy, that's staying in there. I'm not cutting that shit out at all. So, again... Thanks for listening, folks. And I'm going to put this in right at the end before I, before I click off. Guess what? Both Batman and Superman lose. Fuck you all. Good night. <laughs>